welcome to the Sober Leadership Podcast. This is episode number six, Discouragement in Recovery. I'm your host, Matt Adams, and I'm an addict. I don't say this is a celebration, but it's a fact. It's going to forever be a part of me, part of my life, part of my story. But I choose not to let that define me. I choose not to let addict be the word that people will use to sum me up when my time here is over. And I trust that your desire is the same for yourself and for your loved ones as well. Glad you're here. Let's get started. So I have a line from a song I'd like to start with uh, from uh, a a band that's become a favorite of mine over the years. uh, And part of it is the front man had gotten sober himself. And so he's a lot of his songs are geared in this direction. And they have a song that's uh, Shine Down. And they have a song called Cut the Cord. And it's about getting clean, getting sober. And so there's a line in the song that says this, because agony brings no reward for one more hit or one last score. Don't be a casualty, cut the cord. And it's such a powerful song and powerful lyrics. And and that that line really, really hits me. Uh, You know, thinking about no matter what's going on, don't pick it up. Don't be a casualty. Get rid of it. That's not an option. And you know, for those of us as addicts, uh, we 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 know we we cannot we can allow ourselves to even entertain the thought of picking that poison back up again. But through our time of recovery and, and trying to get away from the things that were destroying us and move towards a better life. You know, there's there's some things that happen along the way, and, and we we deal with discouragement. And a lot of times, in the process of getting better, we're going to deal with a lot of discouragement. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story about uh, such an instance early on, uh, back in 2006. I was uh, in a recovery program, and I was surrounded with fellow addicts that had gotten into legal troubles or had other issues they were working through. And so it's our graduation ceremony uh, during that class. And so I'm up there in front of the class and the counselors were talking and those also those that were uh, in the group were talking as well, saying their goodbyes and uh, any last things they wanted to say before we left. And so everybody had a chance to say something. So there was a guy uh, that was a bit hostile to the help that this program was intending to give us. And he decided he had something to say. And so a lot of people were giving me encouragement and like, you know, hey, we're going to miss you and hope you do well and all this. And and this guy stands up and he's like, ha, hey, you'll be back just like the rest of us. You're going to fail. You're not going to get better. So in this room, there were, there were gasps, there were curses, there were other expressions of disgust for this man that, I mean, the people in the room did not take this well. But... I thanked him. You know, in that moment, and it was a moment I'll never forget, I, I remember this man, that his words, uh, probably, really, his words were the only ones I remember. Uh, and But I could see the pain in his eyes. I could see the apprehension in his body language. I could feel the anger in his words, as well as a self-loathing and discontent with his own situation. And so, I, I told him, this is the gist of what I told him, thank you. I appreciate you saying what you said, and I'm going to take that challenge. And I fully intend to prove you wrong, and I hope that that's the case for all of us here. 
I know for some of you listening, life feels pretty heavy right now. You may have people in your life that are like this man was towards me. They're hostile towards you and your progress and your sobriety. Or perhaps your critiques don't come from the outside. They come from within. Maybe people in your past and you have their voices in your head constantly berating you, telling you you can't do it, that you're worthless, that you'll never be good enough. Or maybe you have an opposite situation. You may have everyone in your corner and no one has a bad thing to say. They all believe in you and they're all cheering you on daily to get better. But you know, even in that, that carries its own share of burden as you strive to be better. Perhaps getting the or having the guilty feeling that the progress isn't fast enough and you're just letting everyone down because it's not going fast enough. You know, every decision, and maybe this describes you, every decision seems to weigh heavier and heavier. And it seems like there is no let up. Life, it would seem, is destined to crush you into a million pieces if it doesn't kill you first. You don't know which way is up. No one seems to have the words to soothe your mind for any length of time. And, and nothing you do seems to silence the voices that are in your head, constantly cutting you down, telling you you'll never amount to anything. At times, you feel as though you're going insane. And it may be that the people you believe should be in your corner, cheering you on and rooting for you to succeed, are anywhere but that place. Or, like we said, you know, perhaps you have people in your corner and they're telling you you're doing a great job and they believe in you and you have an amazing support system, but you just, you just have a hard time with that. Because while you have great support, you feel like you're not allowed to make mistakes. You're not allowed to ask questions. You're, you're afraid to let people down yet again. And perhaps you're seemingly walking this road alone. You've, you've left a, a life behind, uh, that old life of, of addiction, and now you feel lost. You may as well be in the middle of the woods without a compass or, or even in the middle of the ocean riding a pool noodle because that's how you feel right about now. Uh, as it goes, you've changed your people, so you've cut off the bad influences. You've changed the places. There's a limited number of places that you go now, and you've changed things. Your definition of, quote, fun, you've changed that. You've changed your belief system, perhaps. What you do from day to day has changed. What you spend your money and time on, all these things have changed. You, you've done everything right. So why isn't anything getting better? Why does life feel worse? Shouldn't things be getting better now that you're sober? Right? But instead, all you feel is empty and alone. You feel angry. And this, this described me in, well, it describes me at various points in, my, in, in these past 15 years. Uh, I had moments where I was intensely angry. Uh, and, and I've had moments recently uh, within this past year where, where the anger really, really stirred up uh, pretty hard within me. And early on, I know that the anger was there. You're trying to figure this out. And you feel angry at everything and everyone. And while you're recognizing that you're taking out your frustrations on people that likely have nothing to do with, even with what you're, what you're angry about. Perhaps you're in a position where you hate that people are putting rules in front of you and are treating you like a child. You resent that people are untrusting of you. 
you don't know why people can't just accept that you're trying to do the right things. So they should just get off your case already. I get that. You know, it could even be that the court system has a major say on what you can or cannot do, where you can or cannot go, what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. That described me. It could be that you have to have people sign off on what you're doing, and sometimes those people are not real nice or encouraging about it. It could feel like everyone is looking at you with a hypercritical eye just waiting for you to fail like all those other losers out there. That may be the feeling you get. That may be the words they say. Be careful not to let that become what you tell yourself. People are gonna say hurtful things. People are going to be unfair. Things are gonna happen in the course of you trying to stay on that right path that are just, that it's just not gonna be right. But you gotta keep going. You know, it's possible that you may have privileges restored and you may have people in your corner really helping you. But inside, you just don't seem to know who you are or who, or who you're even turning into because absolutely everything is changing. And it's all you can do to keep your head from spinning from the sheer inertia of it all. Life feels out of control while you were trying to gain control. And the question may go in your head, and this is better? Friends, I feel that. I've been there. These thoughts and these feelings, they are not abnormal. I want you to think about what you're doing. You're doing something that a lot of people never have the courage to do. You're changing what's taking your life down a destructive path and you're charting a new course. You are doing something and something of significance. Instead of making more empty promises, which let's face it, we're pros at this as addicts. Empty promises is, 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 may as well be a, a second language of ours. But instead of doing that yet again, you're actually following through. You're getting busy doing the work to figure this out and to get your life straight by putting away what was holding you back from being who you know you need to be. Now, does this mean that you're superior because other people haven't done this and you have that you're somehow superior? No, but it means that you had an opportunity to quit putting poison into your body and you decided to leave the life that you were living behind you decided to make the right call before it ended in your death. It means you're taking a path to a better life. One lived with clear eyes and clean hands from here on out. But let me tell you something that you already know, but it may be something you still need to hear. It's not always going to be sunny and bright while you're trying to get better. In fact, life is going to be tough really tough. Sometimes you're going to feel crushed under the weight of it all. But still, enduring this is better than going back to your addictions. Believe me on that. You do not want to go back. I have had 15 years clean and sober on the 26th of this month. Have I thought about it? 
briefly. But I look at that life, and when I look at that, it's death. I detest it. It's something that I don't even want to get close to. It's something that is repulsive to me. And here's something that you need to understand. We all need to understand this. We are all walking a path. And others may be broken down, or they may even be disaffected by what they've seen along their own path. Think about the people in your life. What have they seen from you? What have you seen from them? And think about all the other web of people that your life has crossed their path. And they've crossed yours. For them, they may be at a different point. And for some people, life has been a long string of broken promises, distrust, and disappointments. More than a few people are walking that path. And some of those on that path will take it out on you. You may have done nothing to deserve how they treat you. But because of their history and where they are on the path that they're walking, they take out that frustration, that anger, those disappointments and the distrust and the broken promise, they take all that out on you. Because though you're not the person that did that to them, when they look at you, they think about that. And now I'm not saying that this is right, but it's reality. Still, there may also be others that are jealous of your devotion and your improvement. So what are they going to do? They're going to try to trip you up with their words or with their actions. And not everyone is going to be cheering for you. In fact, some may actively try to pull you back into the life that you left. All that being said, it still doesn't feel good, does it? You still get discouraged by this. But, regardless of this, you keep taking the next right step because it's going to take you to new heights that the drugs could never, ever come close to. And yet in the midst of all this, despite all the negativity and surety, you have one rule that's set in stone. You are determined that no matter what, a pill, a smoke, a drink, getting high, another partner, a time alone with your phone or computer looking at things that you shouldn't, going and gambling, whatever it may be, whatever the addiction is, none of that is an option. And friend, that is the right call. You keep that up because you're on the right track. You may not have strength to do anything else, but you just do that. And so the question may come, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm not picking things back up and nothing seems to be changing. If I'm on the right track, why does it feel like everything's so heavy? You want to know the answer to that? Because this is life, friend. Anytime we make changes in life, we are going to be met with resistance. Resistance from people, places, and things that we expected it from. And then there's also those that surprise us. When you're recovering, and yes, even with many years under your belt, you're going to be met again and again with choices that offer you a shortcut, that offer an option to check out, that offer you something for seemingly nothing. 
you see these demons for what they are. You take the long road of hard work and determination rather than look for shortcuts in your life. There are no shortcuts to sobriety. It's one grueling day at a time for the rest of time. And I tell you, you start stringing those days along and it will get easier. Because sobriety is easy? No. Because your decisions become a part of you. And as addicts, we know this, but I'm going to tell those of you who are not addicts what we are dealing with when we are changing our lives as addicts. Is this. We are changing everything. I want you to think about your life. For those of you who are not addicts or you're listening perhaps with a mindset of trying to understand those who are addicts. Maybe you have somebody in your life or a friend or a family member, whoever it may be. You're trying to understand. One change in life can be crippling. Think about your own life. Think about some things that we make as a change in our lives over time. One change in life can be crippling. Those of us as addicts are changing everything. Our worlds are turned upside down. And yet we're still expected to perform at our peak condition. In our jobs, in our roles in life, in the day-to-day, in every responsibility that we have. While life continues on around us with all of its changes and uncertainties, in the midst of all of that, we are changing everything about our lives. And you never know what someone you meet is going through. Whether they're wrestling with this volatile mixture of emotions within them or not, you don't know. Which is why it's all the more imperative that we be better as people. We need to show more kindness and compassion. We need to have empathy. And just generally as people, we need to quit being so self-centered and making everything about us. So someone does something you don't like. And? So what? The world and the rest of mankind is not here to serve you. You are here to serve them. Addicts and non-addicts alike, let's be kinder to ourselves and to one another. No one is helped when we become hostile and unkind to ourselves or to others. I want you to think about a verse with me from Romans chapter 5. It says this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you catch that? While we were sinners, Christ died for us. You were worth saving. You were worth the Son of God dying to save. God loves you. Not because of your love for Him, but because of His love for you. And He made it possible to extend greater love still when we are united with Him through His Son. Yeah, we fail. Of course we fall. 
And we mess up, we make a mess of our lives. We don't have to let that be how our story goes. God blesses again and again and again. He gives us another day, another breath, another moment to begin again. You've messed up. God says, I love you. I sent my son for a whole world of people who messed up. Come home. You've been kicked while you're down and you don't feel like getting back up. You know what God says? I love you. And if I can raise my son from the grave, surely I can pick up you too, regardless of your situation. Come home. It starts with a step. Your loved ones have given up on you. You know what God says? I love you. And I want you to be in my family. Come home. Whatever may be your story up to this point, the fact that you are listening right now is proof that your story isn't done yet. You have time still. Know that God loves you. He believes in you. He knows all that you can be. And he lovingly calls for you to be with him. You live your life in the freedom that his son purchased with his own blood. You put away the poison in whatever form it takes. Face your problems. Quit running from them. Fight back against the voices saying you can't get better. Humbly hit your knees and you reach out to God and to one another. You were worth saving. You are a precious creation of God and you were loved. Let this kindness be towards yourself, recognizing how precious God counts you. Build up your gratitude and see the world and your life with thankfulness. Count your blessings. My guess is that you'll run out of hours in the day before you run out of things to be thankful for. Big things, little things, nothing is trivial. Let these things build into your awareness of your own struggles, your own strengths, your quirks, your personality traits, your triggers, your challenges, and your unique gifts. You're different. You're special. Be aware of just how magnificent you are, while also being humbled by just how flawed you are. All of that with the understanding that it, it is this balance that helps us grasp our humanity as well as our deep need for God. Be well aware of how you present yourself, what you say, what you do, who you wish to be now that the poison is out of your system. And you let this awareness strengthen you to be firm in your commitment to not use, to not entertain for a moment the thought that using again is an option that you have. No. And anyone who puts this forward as an option is not taking your best interest to heart. So you have to be a singular, closed-minded mentality when it comes to using. The answer is a default no. And there is no other choice in the matter. No means no. You be firm with yourself. You set your boundaries and you don't go beyond them ever for anyone. Let me tell you, you do this with yourself. You'll find it more natural to show the same towards others. This kindness, this love, this humility. And you do that no matter what they might say or what they might do towards you. Make peace with yourself and be a peacemaker with others. And so, you know, we, we do this and everything's going to be smooth sailing from here on out, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. 
Even nearly 15 years later, I'm still dealing with negative thoughts. I'm still dealing with discouragement from others, from myself, from circumstances in life, from expectations I set for myself and may not meet. I still get down. I still struggle with my emotions. And let me tell you something about me. I have a very critical voice in my head. And we call this, I guess it's called self-talk. And it can take a comment said in the conversation and it can turn it into discouragement, become hypercritical, and it can really knock me for a loop. But thankfully, I have people in my life that I go to. I reach out to people. I, my, my, my wife, my, my wonderful wife, recognizes my struggles and is there for me. I always know she's there. But I also have people in my life that I don't take these things to. There are certain people that I'm going to go to for advice, and there's others that I will not. I've learned over time which relationships are helpful, including which conversations are helpful to take to certain people. And I have to set those boundaries. Certain people's words cut deeper when they're critical. Others are a welcome sweetness that cheers me on to do and be better. This has taken time to learn, but it's needful for me to have those boundaries in order to maintain my mental health. And the same is, is going to be the case for, for many of us. And you've got to, to do the work here to, to work on those things and find out how can I help get myself back on track when I get discouraged? And the thing is that you need to understand that sometimes you're in a proper mind frame to hear advice. And at other times, you're not. Learn that. But here's some things that I find helpful, and maybe they'll work for you too. Through the chaos, and I'm talking about chaos that happens in our minds that affects our lives. This discouragement that we have in recovery, as well as just throughout life uh, from there on. Through the chaos, seek order. And here's something that, that I, I do, and, and uh, you know, we kind of joke about it now in my house, because this is what I do. So when there's chaos internally, clean your room. And I know it sounds silly, but do it. Just see, just see what happens. Clean up your space, and while you're doing this, you give your mind the mental freedom to think. Sometimes, when we're so cluttered in our minds, we actually need to declutter our space to allow ourselves time to spread out again in our thoughts. Start small. So maybe you clean your desk. Maybe you file some paperwork at work. Maybe you organize that stack of papers, or sort the mail or reorganize your sock drawer, that junk drawer in the kitchen or in the bathroom. Do the little things. Another thing that helps is engage with loved ones. Again, understand where your boundaries are and understand what you need at certain times. Do good for somebody else. And you know, this one, this is a big one because it helps you to get outside of yourself. Send a video message to somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while. You know what happens when you do this? Because you have to see yourself on the video. And so doing that can really help you brighten up if you're down. And, and I don't have a claim to these ideas. I'm not even sure where I wrote them down from, if they're mine or if I adapted them. But I, whoever's ideas these were, they do work for me. Because you know what happens? You, you likely don't want to look down in the dumps if you're 
looking to do good for somebody else. And so there's a temptation there to put on this happy face when you're really not happy. Just be real with it. But don't underestimate the sobering reality that sometimes you need to see yourself how you are so you're motivated to change for the better. And here's something else that really that really is, uh, I, I instantly see the value in this one. Turn the downward spiral, spiral into a productive upward spiral. And what I mean by that is write, journal. You don't have to show this to anybody else. You could even set up a private YouTube page for yourself and vlog, vlog your thoughts for the, of the moment. You may you move yourself to turn these thoughts into something productive, in order to help others learn from your, from what you're currently dealing with. And ask yourself some questions: How can I come through this for the better? Ask yourself, what lessons have I learned from this experience that I can share with others? The ugly as well as the good. All of it is just what it is. There's no sense in hiding it. Be real with yourself and accept the honest emotions for what they are. Don't try to hide those emotions or try to run from them. They are what they are. So deal with them in the context that they're in. Let me demonstrate an example of, of this. and. And for this example, uh, I'm going to go to Scripture. Psalm 73. I encourage you to read this, Psalm 73, in its entirety. Uh, but we're going to cover just a couple verses here, just a few. And, you know, understand that you're going to get down. And, and getting back up is a choice. And so, uh, looking at Psalm 73, I'm going to start in verse 1 and, and just read through a few verses here. It says, Truly God is good to Israel to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. Well, why? Why did that happen? Verse three, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And as an example of, of, of this, of what he saw, verse seven, their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish and coming down to, yeah, he's, he's looking at this and he's wondering like, you know, hey, they, they're having fun. Their life is good. You know, they're, they're living a grand old life right there and they have prosperity. They have everything they want. And he says, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. And he says, verse 12, these are the ungodly are always at ease, and they increase in riches. And so here's where I want to look at for ourselves, because when we're dealing with discouragement, we get to this point. Verse 13, Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued, and chastened every morning. Verse 16, When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Have you been there, friend? I have. It was too painful. But look where things start to turn. This was his perception up to this point. Now let's look at reality. It was too painful for me, 
verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Their end is destruction. Their ways are going to lead them to death. It's not going to lead to anything good. Yeah, it may look good from the outside, but it's not going to lead to anything good. When he went to God, he understood. When we take the time to just look at things in their context, and like, like Asaph does in this psalm, he admits, here's where I am. There's no apology for that. It's a, it's a fact. Here's where I was. And here's why. And then he doesn't stop with that. He continues to really evaluate the situation and look at it in everything within its proper context. Because sometimes we get so close to a matter and we only see what we want to see because... Well, you know, those people that, that I used to party with, well, I mean, look at them. They're, they're doing great. They're having fun. And look at me. I'm a slob. I'm sitting at home. I have no friends. I'm lonely. And, and on and on and on it goes. And we really beat ourselves up, don't we? We really drag ourselves down because we're only... We're stopping at perception. We're not carrying forward into what is the reality of that. Those That addict brain, that stinking thinking, gets in there. And we start making conclusions that really are not justified. They really don't make sense when we really look at it. Our perception is flawed. We've got to see the reality. And so... Asaph continues to see this reality. He continues on through describing all of this. And then you look at a man who is about to slip, about to walk away. And in verse 23, he says, Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Verse 26, my flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Indeed, those who are far from you shall perish, for you destroyed all of those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. You see where he gets to? He allows himself to go through the process of dealing with the emotion, dealing with his perception, dealing with the facts, and then looking at the reality of the situation, he evaluates it fully. Sometimes we shortchange this process. Sometimes we short-circuit this process because we stop too soon. We only see what we want to see, and then we go do what we want to do. Rather than look at the situation, evaluate it for really what it is, and then make the proper conclusion from that. Understand, you're going to get down. Getting back up is a choice. And after you've had time to process what's going on, you need to get back to living. And that's going to be a lesson for another episode because just glossing over our feelings and putting on a happy face is not what we're talking about. Deal with the issue. If it's pain, feel it. Deal with it. Do something with it and about it. Let me tell you something. Fighting this fight 
is worth every bit of pain, every bit of mental anguish and intense moments of loneliness and rejection and doubts that you deal with along the way. And after a while, and the time is going to differ for all of us, after a while, life will get better. And you will emerge with a new perspective, and you'll be stronger than you ever were before. Because you chose not to give in, not to go back to the poison, to the addiction, to death. So you fight back against that which is seeking to drag you down and destroy you. You escape its murderous clutches. You muster the courage to step through the fire. And you emerge on the other side victorious. And you know that for every step you take in the right direction, you're one step closer. Closer to God. And you're one step further away from what was killing you. Stay the course. Take the next right step. Until next time, friends, be well.